for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. I certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, uh, please know that we're praying for you. We love you. We're honored that you would take this time to tune us in and make us part of your day. We're going to continue on with the training portion of this. I'm going to share some training sessions with you from Jessup, Georgia, from Northside Bible Baptist Church. And we're going to finish out the week with that. And uh, I want to make sure that you listen to some real important stuff. Here you go. We'll be right back with you guys. Paul Greece today. It's kind of right on that line down there. It was We know from 2 Corinthians chapter 8 that it was the poorest of countries. You know, it was so bad off. We're still talking about that today in missions conferences and stuff. It was so bad, they had a waiver where they did not have to pay taxes uh, to the Roman government. The Roman government went over there and said, why aren't you guys paying taxes? They're like, wait a minute. Uh, don't worry about it. People were dying. It was, it, it was just, it, it's one of these areas... <clears throat> That's just terrible. They don't have a lot of money. It's not a rich church. And so understanding that up front, it really helps you as you go through. We also need to understand that Paul's in jail. Now, this is what we know about his Roman imprisonment. So he's writing to the church at Philippi, but we know he's in jail at Rome. Now, here's the thing. There were two Roman jail sentences. Now, nobody can figure out when the first one ended or when the second one began. As a matter of fact, people try to because you can look at 2 Timothy he says, I'm dying. Second Timothy was written almost at the exact time Philippians was written. So people want to talk and they want to look at that. and They want to say, well, maybe they let him out for a day or so, mess with him and thrown him back in jail. That's what I think is going on here. There's definitely not a lot of time between Philippians and, uh, and when he dies. Uh, so we know that there was a first Roman. We know that he was in jail in Caesarea. We know that he was in jail in Rome. They say there was a second Rome imprisonment but they don't have any time in between the first one and the second one. So the only thing that people really can think about and, and you know, deduce from this whole situation is that maybe he got out for a day, maybe they just messed with him, maybe they let him have a meal. Uh, no one's really sure how this, we'll figure that out when we get to heaven. Uh, we'll go talk to Paul and we'll say, what's going on with this Roman imprisonment? And it wasn't a good imprisonment. Uh, so there's some bad things going on. So understanding up front, as we look at the book of Philippians, he's in jail. He's in the bowels of this jail. He's as low as you can go in this jail. He's in a bad place. It's dark. It's terrible. It's, uh, he's, he's, we think he's chained to another guard. Uh, we'll see as we go through the book of Philippians today that he leads people to the Lord. People within the kingdom there are getting saved. People who are guarding him. You know, wouldn't it be special if our lives look like that? When we're in our worst case situation that God could count on us, to share the gospel. Wouldn't it be special if God could count at us, uh, you know, when times are down, when we're going through junk? And, and I think that's one of the lessons we get out of here. So today I, want, I really want to talk about joy and I want to talk about service. And I wrote this, I've, I've been writing this, uh, um, I guess pretty much a commentary on the book of Philippians. And I've named, I've named it, I've entitled it, Life with a capital F. Uh, I'm sorry, with a capital L. I think God wants us to live life with a capital L. I don't think God wants us just to have life. I think God wants us to live life with this joy that's beyond things that we can do in our own 
uh, in our own selves, in our own strength, in our own. God wants more than that out of us. He wants us to live life with a capital F. He, he doesn't want us to live life to wake up to go to work, uh, to go home to go to bed, to wake up to go to work. He wants us to live a different type of life. He doesn't want us to live life where we lock ourselves in, lock ourselves down. He wants us to live a different kind of life, and we find that, I think, in the book of Philippians. So I want to talk to you out of the book of Philippians, starting right there in chapter number one, verse number one. It says, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. And so I love this. So Paul's writing to this church that he planted the first church he planted in Europe. So as I started to say a little while ago when my ADHD took off, I sit next to a lady at church. Her name is Barbara Garand. Who's heard of Barbara Garand? Her and her husband were the very first independent Baptist missionaries in Papua, New Guinea. Raped, beaten. I mean, if you read their biographies and stuff, it'll ruin your life. And here's the deal. They didn't leave. When the husband left, he was in an airplane in a casket going home to be buried. She's 91 years old. She sits three people from me at church. And every Sunday, she runs a nursing home ministry, and she signs up the pastors in the church to go over and speak in that nursing home ministry. She used to have one week a month, and then she had two weeks a month, and then COVID came, and everybody left, and no one came back. And this 91-year-old lady never left the nursing home. They gave her a waiver. They said, no, we need Miss Barbara here on Sundays. So she would go in there and play the hymns and sing, and she's healthy. And uh, I was downtown, and they were having like this 5K run. I wasn't doing it. I was getting breakfast with my wife and son. And I see this woman come around the corner with a dress on, running the 5K. And it was the 91-year-old lady uh, who sits three or four people from me there in church. Because she lives life with a capital L. She's in the nursing home. Every year they see 100 people saved in that nursing home every single year. And uh, she says, it's a joy. It's a privilege to serve God. It's a, I, I still get to serve God. They give her shots in her eyes. I asked her one day, I said, how are you doing with the doctors? And she said, brother Doug, I, I take no medicine at all, but unfortunately I get a shot in my eyes every three months. And she said, that's not bad. Christ was crucified. I just get a shot in my eye. She said, it's, uh, it's hard without my husband. So she's been home for the last 15 or 16 years and, uh, but God's doing the work. So Paul, and it talks about being a servant. Now that word servant, we see in the Old Testament all over the place, a word called bond servants. Who knows what a bond servant is? Does anyone know what a bond servant is? Go ahead. They uh, entered into a servant-master relationship. Yeah. Something about This is weird, but you're a volunteer slave by agreement. Yeah, so that's the best way to explain it. So the Greek word for this is basically saying Paul's a bond servant. He's made, uh, he's made a covenant with God where I'm entering in. I'm going to be your slave. People have written books about that. I, I don't recommend all of John MacArthur's books, but he wrote a book uh, entitled Slave. As a matter of fact, I don't recommend any of his books, but he's talking about this particular term and uh, uh, that this is a bond servant. This is somebody who just agreed. Now, that same Greek word is used over there in 1 Peter. Uh, it's used in Galatians. It's, it's this idea where the Apostle Paul's saying when you study the life of Paul that I'm giving God everything. I'm going to let God take everything. I'm going to let him be part of my life in every facet. And he's not going to be the co-pilot. He's not going to be my assistant. He's going to be the guy out front. 
He's going to do the leading. I'm going to do the following. I'm going to be the bond servant. I'm going to be the volunteer slave. This is what my life is going to look like. And he tells us why as we go forward. So I think that first verse that all of us need to understand, uh, that first verse comes with a total commitment, a total surrender. And he says, uh, Paul and Timotheus, servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons. He says, I've been there. I planted that church. I love all you folks. I care about you. I, I, I want to spend time with you, but I'm out and I'm serving God. And uh, he's talking to him. This is one of his supporting churches. And this is from the poorest area in the entire known world at that time. And they're supporting Paul. They're making a difference because they're bond servants. They're all in. It says, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father in the Lord Jesus Christ. I love that Paul talks with him being part of God. I'm part of God. I'm not, I'm not his deity. <clears throat> I'm not, you know, I, I hold no office at all, but I want to send grace and peace to you from our Lord because I talk to him every day. I want to send grace and peace to you because I'm part of God's work here on earth. I want to send grace and peace to you because he matters so much in my life that I've lifted you up to him. And I want you to have the grace and peace that I have from him. Now, as I read this the first few times, I read this, I think, 16 times the other day in preparation to talk to you folks. And I read it, oh, thankfully, it's a short book. Um, but as I went through and read this over and over again, in my mind, I have to stop and realize we're talking about a guy who's handcuffed and shackled. I have to stop and realize we're talking about a guy who sees his impending death. I have to stop and realize that this guy's not sitting in an air-conditioned room in Jessup, Georgia on Sunday morning. I have to stop and realize that this guy's life is contrary to anything I've ever seen. I have to stop and look at these things. You know, I, hey, I've got it pretty good. You know, I came, out of, uh, I came out of Walmart yesterday and there were some homeless people out there and they said, you know, we haven't eaten, we haven't. I said, man, I got a life that's contrary to that. I have a life that's completely different than that. And uh, I gave him 25 out of my 35 bucks in my pocket. I would have given him all 35, but you got to have some cash on you. Sometimes you go to McDonald's, hey, a credit card machine's not working. But honestly, I probably should have gave it all to them uh, because he's living a different life, but he's talking about grace. He's talking about peace. He's talking about something that's foreign to us. He's talking about something that's foreign to Jessup. He's talking about things that are foreign even in our families. And here he is, he's saying, you can have that. I'm sending you this grace and peace. You know, I'm sending it to you from God. But I just can't give it to you. You've got to sign on. You, you, you've got to join up. It's got to be who you are. And then he goes on to verse number three and says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. He's telling these people, I'm thinking about you all the time. And every time I do, I stop and thank you. Hey, folks, we'll be right back with you. Hang with us. return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Here we go. We're right back with it. God. I was thinking the other day of how many guys who pastored other churches and moved on 
And, and do they have that type of relationship where they say, I thank God uh, that I got to work with you. There's some things going on here at Philippi that Paul doesn't agree with. As a matter of fact, he's going to slap them around as we go through the day today. Uh, but he still loves them enough to, man, I, when I remember you guys, it's a good thing. Uh, I have good thoughts about you. I'm praying for you. I'm lifting those things up. I thank God every time I think about you guys. And that's where I need to be with my relationships. That's where I need to be moving forward. That's where I need to go in those particular places. And it says, always, in every prayer of mine, for you, making all requests with joy. We forget to pray with joy, don't we? Man, we had a lady, so there's a <clears throat> supporting church of mine about 10 miles from where I live. It's, uh, it's funny, but you're not a prophet in your own nation. I have two supporting churches, the church I go to that I'm a member of, my sending church, and, and a church about eight miles down the road. Everybody else is farther away. Uh, but anyway, a lady in the church, one of the sweetest ladies, every time I went there, she'd bring me all this food. She had diabetes, and she couldn't give up the chow. And I think that'd be me, too, you know. She just couldn't give up the sugar and stuff. And over the last few years, it got to her, and it got to her, and she... Uh, she didn't wake up the other day. She was in some kind of diabetic shock or something like that. They took her over to the hospital, and, and, uh, uh, and she passed away, and I ran over to see her because she was always meeting Debbie and I. and said, we've got to go over and see her, you know, and, and we went up there, and, and a couple things I want to tell you about. First thing I want to tell you is we were the only ones there. The people had been there all the time, and thankfully, we stopped by when they were running out taking care of affairs and stuff, but I heard this guy praying across the hall. And he was praying for his wife. <clears throat> they were getting ready to shut off the machine. That's where you are. You're on the floor in Greenville Memorial, which is a really large hospital now. And, and, and you're in ICU. And this guy across the hall is like, God, you gave me this woman 60 years ago. And God, I guess you can take her back now. But you've given us great joy. And I love her. And God, one day I'll stand next to her in your holy ground. And, uh, and he was weeping. And he was crying. And in my mind, I was going back 60 years to a couple busting out of First Baptist Church in downtown Greenville at the time. I'm sure of it, you know. And, uh, and, and the life that God gave us. But we forget what we have. We forget where we came from. We forgot what we once had. This guy's praying with joy. And he's, he's thanking God for the different things going on. He's, he's thanking God for the things he had for you. Fellowship with the gospel from the first day, from the day I planted that church until now. Over and over again, we're seeing in the scripture that the Bible's talking about suffering with joy. Joyful suffering. Isn't that hard to understand? I'm in jail. I'm hooked up. I, I'm not in the place I want to be. I don't own the house I want to own. I don't have the best car. I don't have everything I want, but I have an awful lot. And the biggest thing I have is Jesus Christ. And I have the joy of knowing that when this is all done, when the shooting match ends, when the day's over, and uh, when they call for my soul, they won't get it, but they'll get my body. So I have joy because of that. And, and, and that's what he's talking about there. Even it says, uh, being confident, I'm sorry, of this very thing, he that which begun will do a good work will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Until that day, God's going to do a work in my life no matter where we are in life. No matter what happens in life, God's going to do a work in my life. 
And if we can get to that place with our relationship with God, if we can get to that place with our Bible reading. I was reading my Bible this morning. I was having a good time reading my It's not always like that. I'm not standing in front of you, somebody who's without sin. I'm not standing in front of you, somebody who's without sorrow. I, I, I just, today God gave me a good time, but I had to get my heart right before I read the scripture and listen to the scripture. And uh, I wanted to get my heart right. And so this morning I listened to my regular Bible reading and, and, and then I listened to the book of Philippians. And boy, as I was going through the book of Philippians, and man, I was so excited this morning. God was giving me a joy as I read the Bible. And, uh, there, you know, there's a confidence that comes from being faithful in God. There's a confidence that comes in your life. It comes in your marriage. It comes in the way you do things. There's a confidence that comes in a great relationship with God. I think there's nothing more attractive in a relationship with God than confidence in Him. I, I see it in people. And I'm attracted to that. I'm attracted. It's like Miss Barbara, 91, 92, going on 92. I'm attracted to what she's been through in life, and her relationship with God is exceptional. We had a single female missionary come through our church about three months ago. She didn't preach. They gave her the microphone down here, and she started showing some pictures behind her of India. And she's showing the pictures behind her of India, and then she said, in this church there's at least 50 people who graduated from Bible college, and you're sitting at home on your couches. My pastor has to preach from Wisconsin in the middle of the night to us to India because we can't get a man to come and be a pastor. She said, I've had dirt thrown at me. I've been spit at. I've been beaten. I've been dragged down the street. Someone stole my motorcycle. I mean, it was beating the snot out of us. It was terrible. I mean, I was, I was like, whoa. And, uh, and she said, but I'll go. She says, I've been there for three years. I need some more support. I'll go. I'm going. I just wish one of the 40 or 50 people sitting in this room with a Bible degree would get off their couch and get right. Anyway, this is what I was thinking as we read this. It says, even in verse 7, as it is to meet for me to think of you all, because I have you in my heart in so much as both in my bonds and in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel. Ye are all partakers of my grace. It's a wonderful thing to be part of a ministry that supports missionaries. It's a wonderful thing to be part of a ministry that prays for missionaries. It's a wonderful thing to be part of uh, people who do those things. You're partakers of God's grace in those people there in jail. There's some jailer that got saved that's up in heaven right now that Paul's introducing to the church at Philippi, people. Hey, I forgot to introduce you. This is, you know, this is Solomon, man. He, he got saved. He was the first guy that was hooked to me. And, uh, you know, this is, this is another Paul, you know, he didn't have a name, but, and uh, let me introduce you, and we're fellow partakers, for God is my record how greatly, in verse number eight, I long after you all. Hey folks, thanks for hanging with me. We're going to wrap this thing up tomorrow. May God bless you. We hope you have a great day today. We look forward to being with you tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart 
that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.